seems much of the same old, same old for the Pitt Panthers again this season after an absolutely devastating loss to NC State on Saturday. They need to rebound against Boston College this week before heading into the most challenging part of the season. We unfortunately take a look back at Saturday's loss and preview what needs to change against the Eagles this week and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. Finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We're knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. The one home game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hell to Pit. Hell to Pit. This is the week of October 10th. 2020, and this is the Hail to Pit podcast. I am Alan, the most let down Panther fan, Tzinski. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. There's no other way to describe it than a, a pure letdown. Heinz Field last Saturday was just a horrifying scene. A 30 to 29 loss for Pitt against NC State. I don't want to call them lowly because they beat Pitt, but that was a team the Panthers were supposed to beat. Big time letdown. We'll have to muster up that reserve energy somehow and sort this thing out before Pitt takes on Jeff Halfley and old friend Frank Signetti and Phil Jerkovic. A lot of you know him. The rest of Boston College Eagles coming up. Backyard grudge match. Here we go. It's another week, Pam, and that was the first sour taste in our molds this season. I don't, we were talking off pod. We don't even want to talk about it, but we have to for the fans and to kind of, this can be our group therapy session to get through this all together. Yeah. That's like why, the main reason why I do this podcast, Vince. It's to get really excited for games and then when the games let me down, it's to talk it out and, you know, not be in a, in a funk all week. Get me out of my funk. That does help, you know, you know, talking things out and hopefully you could talk yourself into something good by the end of this program. I think we will because, it, you know, it's one loss. We've we've experienced exactly this type of loss, too, as Pitt fans. So it's nothing new. We're going to brush it off. I think it just means that Pitt's probably going to beat Clemson later this year. But we'll get to that. This is your favorite athletics podcast and you could follow us at h2p show you know it twitter wherever you go on social media we're there at h2p show and you can email us hail to pit podcast at gmail.com hail the number two pit podcast at gmail.com we appreciate all the feedback on panther lair on reddit and we appreciate pretty easy podcasts for helping us put this show on go to pretty easy right now if you would like to start your own podcast and have your own tag team partner to help you get the job done. Pretty easy podcasts.com making pretty podcasting pretty easy. That's the catchphrase they're having me say now, Vince. I like it. All right. NC state, a, a just horrible Saturday in review. First up for me, I went to the farmer's market all the way out in Swickley because I heard it's nice over there, and it was pleasant, kind of small, and I thought it would be a lot bigger. Maybe that was a little foreboding. Maybe that was a, a, a precursor to what, what would come, because I thought it would be a lot bigger of an event. It was tiny, and I got what I needed, but it, overall, kind of disappointing, Pam, just like Pitt against NC State. Yeah, I, I for me, the biggest disappointment was the lack of discipline. They just did not look ready to play. And I think that's a combination of coaching and players just thinking that they can walk all over an opponent and Pitt should know they can't walk over anyone. Um, they had 13 penalties for 125 yards, which is absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. A lot of them were on the defensive side of the ball as well. Yeah. Uh, specifically, specifically that, you know, that for, it started out on that first drive and it, and it didn't seem to let up. Uh, it, uh, we'll, we'll get into the offsides in a minute. Uh, but, you know, there were, there were some pass interference penalties. 
in that game uh, and, and a roughing the passer penalty down the stretch that were just absolute killers. Uh, you know, it, two, those last two drives, Panthers had opportunities to get off the field and penalties kept those drives alive. And we've seen this rash of pass interference penalties under Narduzzi mm-hmm. uh, before where teams, they attack that one-on-run coverage on the outside. They just throw the ball up and it, they get a pass interference penalty. Call, call it a, a Flacco strategy if you want. Uh, but Alan, those things happen. And, you know, I don't know, coach talked about, you know, they need to teach the technique better or they need to adjust more in game, but those were, you know, you know, some of them were rather questionable, but they were just absolute killers in this game. Well, well, I know we're going to hold down Mark Whipple later on and put the boots to him, but let's, let's get after Narduzzi here and the stubbornness that we've talked over and over about. He's not going to change. And, I, and this was one of those games where that mentality, that personality of the team and the coach bit pit. Wow. Terrible calls on pass interference for sure. A lot of these, a lot of these calls. The referees had a terrible game too. But in a game, there, there's something called adjustments, something called feeling out the the vibe of everything going on, not just your opponent, but if the referees are throwing the damn flag every time. How about maybe getting some over the top help for your corners who are going yeah. to get picked apart yeah. left and right by a mediocre quarterback? That's all they were trying to do, and you just leave them out on an island. It felt like insanity watching the defense, even though I was super pissed at the refs, Pam. It just felt insane that they just kept doing this to their own cornerbacks. Yeah, it was it was absolutely terrible. That's where you have to make in-game adjustments to adjust to what's been happening in the game. And not just to your opponent, to the referees. Sure, okay, you, right, you, you, right, you have absolutely. to assess it. The refs are, are not going to do us any favors. They are refereeing against our strategy. Maybe we'll switch that up too. Hey, it's not fair. It's not what should be, but you got to make the adjustment. You have to. That was no excuse for the abuse those cornerbacks took and i hope they get all can see the sports psychologists just like kessman did because they need it and i know vince you're gonna say well that's Narduzzi's scheme he's not gonna adjust but there there are times that you have to adjust especially when you know we've seen this before you know we've seen you know games against north carolina games against virginia tech where you know you were even dealing at times with personnel personnel that wasn't as good as what Pitt has now. And and in that you know, was the excuse still, before, still, yeah. And there's there's still struggling at times against that. And you know, you got to make those adjustments. Uh and specifically when you don't get a good pass rush uh on NC State and you let uh their quarterback, you know, really get set up, you let those roots develop and he could get the ball downfield. Now, uh coach talked about this in the press conference about how these offsides penalties that they had kind of slowed down their pass rush later in the game. They just couldn't get the cadence right. And Alan, uh, I'm going to ask you about this from your experience playing in the trenches. You know, how, what did you see here? Was it really that they couldn't get the cadence down and they just couldn't get off the ball quick enough, uh, especially late in the game after they've been called several times? Or was it that the, the gas tank was just empty? I, well, by the end, yeah, the gas tank seemed like it was low, and also they were demoralized. Pitt f- felt like a team that w- they you could see it in their in their body posture on defense that they felt like they were going up against it, more than just a mediocre offense led by some kid named uh, Dennis Leary. What was the quarterback's name? Devin Devin Leary and. They were up against the refs. They were up against their own history. And you could feel that. And the defensive line, more so than anybody, any group on the field, you could feel it. They felt like it felt like they all had the weight of the entire game on their shoulders. And credit to NC State. They they kept a lot of guys in and just said, heave ho down the field. They're leaving one-on-one coverage anyway. And they were able to handle it enough for Devin Leary to really play a clean game and get the ball off in time. And I mean Hey, say what you want about to, about that that quarterback too. How mediocre and not good he was going that game. He still hasn't thrown a pick all season, and Pitt wasn't able to make him make any mistakes. The defensive line was prepared for by NC State, and Narduzzi left his corners out on an island. I mean, even if your corners are getting pushed off 
and for touchdowns by receivers, it's still no excuse not to adjust because the same thing happened over and over in the game. And if we really could take footage of old episodes, Pam, and just insert what rants we've had after other losses because the 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 crazy commitment to t- man coverage, even in the face of it not working, and the piss poor goal line offense, uh, it's just. A tale as old as time now under Narduzzi, and that's what everybody's been talking about all week, that that you just can't get over this hump. Narduzzi's got the same issues every single year. Even when they have big wins, there are these horrible losses. People are calling it pitting, and it just all kind of came to fruition. Another, and maybe the biggest shining example was this loss, a one-point loss, especially when Pitt had the world looking at them to say, oh my God, Pitt could break out and be undefeated when they take on Miami eventually. It didn't happen. And the the group you relied on the most was just totally prepared for by NC State, giving them a lot of credit. And what a snap count. What a what a cadence. They were jumping off sides left and right. They had no idea what to do on that defensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was the most disappointing was how the defensive played. Like you said, the hype everyone was finally given Pitt the attention that we've called for. Oh, people need to start to recognize this Pitt defense. Narduzzi said, oh, we don't get the respect we deserve and we got to play angry and all this bull crap. And they let down. And I, I think at times you have to, I, to me, the biggest disappointment was the coaching and not being ready to prepare to play from the get go. Wow. And as the game unfolded, it wasn't, we kind of knew how this was going to, Go almost. Well, well I, don't I mean? I have some. I have some additional thoughts about that. But you know, give us your but, thoughts. But, but I guess first of all, the you know you talked about you know adjustments, um, in, in you know leaving your corners out on an island. You know, I I need to rewatch the tape of this game. But to me, it felt like, you know, it, we're relying so much on our front four, uh, and and if and even when they go to that delta package and they're only rushing. They only got three down linemen, and maybe they're still only bringing four. You know, you're, you're sitting guys back, but it's still only a one-on-one coverage. Why not try to, you know, you know, uh, try a, a heavy blitz every once in a while, and, and send, you know, maybe six guys uh, a- after them. That's what's maddening. If you're going to leave guys on an island, at least send the house to at the quarterback and not let he play. He was just standing upright the whole game. Yeah, nothing in his they, face. They, yeah, they 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 tried to really count on you know their guys to to get in there, and you know you hate to you know hate to use injuries as an excuse, but they just did not. You know, I don't know what it was. It seemed like you know with Kayshawn Camp, he uh, got hurt, and you know he was out for he missed most of the game. Uh, and Kalijah Kansi, he seemed like after called for a couple offsides, he was kind of neutralized. Uh, they didn't have that push up the middle, and and you really see uh, missing a Jalen Twyman, you know, really, you know, maybe could have could have turned that game around because you think they just needed that one big play on either of those last two drives. They needed that one big stop, and and, and just couldn't get it. They should have easily won this game without Twineman. They should have what? won. They could have won this game what? with even with all these guys that went out. What? That's the, that's an infuriating thing. Well, and, here. and to your point, if you look at the at the stats, Pitt outgained uh, NC State by over a hundred yards. Oh, yeah. Kenny Pickett yeah. had uh, one of his best games ever. Kenny Pickett yeah. did everything he could. I also feel for Kenny Pickett the abuse the corners took. He took a ton of abuse in this game and put the team on his back. Couldn't get it done. They should have won even despite all these injuries, though. I don't think those mattered at all. And and I, th- I think you're right. And now now there's going to be a couple situations I'm going to talk about where you know I think injuries maybe did play a little bit of a role. But you know overall, yeah, they outgained them. I mean, if it wasn't for you know some some poor execution on, on offense at times and some. Uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Maybe suspect, you know, play calling, uh, and then certainly all these penalties uh, that they had. You know, Pitt would have still won this game despite not getting the proper pass rush and you know getting you know uh, having these these balls thrown over top of them. Uh, they still could have could have came out on, on top. 
So what's these uh, injuries issues so, so, that you want so, to address? Uh, so what I do want to address, Cam Bright, uh, outside linebacker, got hurt in this game. And Bra- uh, Brandon George, who who was you know, mostly a middle linebacker, from what I understand, was thrown into this game uh, as an outside linebacker, uh, a redshirt freshman, um, a kid that's been actually – he's been on the field more at fullback this year than he has at outside linebacker. And they put him in a situation where uh, on the one play where the tight end just caught the ball wide open uh, in the the red zone in the center of the field, he tried to chip him or something, tried to disrupt him off his route uh, at uh, at the beginning of that play. It did not work, and he did not stay with him, and that allowed uh, the tight end to be wide open for a touchdown. You got to think maybe a little bit if you had a more experienced player in there, somebody who really knew the defense a little bit more, maybe that kind of stuff wouldn't have happened. I'm, I'm, I, hate, I, hate to, I hate to pick on a kid like that, but the, the situation was you threw somebody out there who was inexperienced and maybe not ready and because you, you had some injuries and you didn't have uh, your, your normal crew to, to count on. Yeah, but but even still, Pitt's right in this game, and there are just so many damn mistakes and other factors in this particular game that in any other game, seeing all these injuries and and plays like that, you would say, oh well, Pitt was you know a little shorthanded; they weren't prepared because for that. But really, there were so many instances where they just you you left you were scratching your head like, damn it, they they're handing this game over to NC State. I was saying that throughout the game, Pam. I don't know, I don't know about you. When it came to, I mean, I'm seeing all these guys out there. I don't know, but I did not think about the injuries whatsoever watching this game as much as I was thinking of, damn it, catch the ball. How are they still dropping balls? Damn it, quit going offsides. And and damn it, will you figure out a way to to get creative with the run game and do more than, than just throw guys out there to get mauled behind the line of scrimmage, Mark Whipple? Because some of his gadget, quote, air quotes, plays are atrocious. They look yeah. terribly terrible, and they're all telegraphed yeah let's talk more about the offensive side of the ball the play calling is just terrible the red zone they were two two out of five and not not great to say the least it's just like those short passes behind the line of scrimmage at times it's just over and over again it's just i and we i it's i feel like we're having deja vu we talked about this last year and, oh, maybe the offensive line needs to get more experience. Okay, they're more experienced. Let's take shots. Let's run more creative plays. Let's run the ball more consistently. Let's let's at least try to run the well, ball. Well, I think they are trying. If you look at if you look at the number of attempts, they are trying. But but they, what they, are the designs on there? Let's well, well try that's, to... that's the thing. You know, yeah. they're, they're running these slow developing plays out of the shotgun. Um, and that is just – this offensive line is not good enough uh, to run or it's too telegraphed or, or something, you know, that it, that's not working and it needs to be more, more quick developing. I don't know if that's running out of a pistol power pistol formation. Maybe that might help out uh, a little bit more if they, if they fully, still desire not to go on under center. I expect some zone blocking schemes, hopefully this week against Boston college, not to preview that game too much, but yeah, that the, the actual design of the runs needs to be adjusted. They are they are run blocking and or calling run plays as if they have five NFL offensive linemen out there that are all going to be on one single assignment and just dominate their guy. Where you just don't have that, and you don't even have the running back who the kind of running backs who can make up for what maybe a lack there uh, of talent in front of them. They need a total effort and they need also a design that's going to give guys multiple options on who to block not have to worry about assignments as much just go forward it feels like that offensive line is just thinking out there so much plays develop super slowly as they're trying to figure out where the hell to go and then Vincent Davis to his credit is really not losing too many yards he doesn't gain any Pam, but this guy's getting back to the line of scrimmage. It feels like on plays that take 10 seconds long, that should really be three seconds. Yeah. And I feel like that's all he's doing is getting out there. And that's what he's, he's like making chicken salad out of chicken poop. Like he's doing his best just to get out, get 
non-negative yards, not to lose and, anything. Yeah, and not to say the offensive line's totally worthless. I just feel like Whipple's not doing doing them any favors. No, you're no, right. It's no, a combination. It, it, yeah, it's not, and, and you especially see it in the red zone. There, there's just you know they when you can't you, you have no threat of stretching the field at that point, and and, and like some of that the play calling. You know, as as soon as DJ Turner fell down and and didn't get in the end zone there, and, and you know they had four tries and didn't score. I mean that was just just so depressing to see that that play calling there i mean just uh, just unbelievable I, I i don't i don't understand you know why they can't just line up four times and just and just run straight or if you're not going to do that you know do something a little bit more creative but this this well, running out of the shotgun is is not not helping at well, all. you saw they the rest of the game on the on the they had other third and fourth and shorts and they just said okay can he fall forward and he got it every he was getting it but you know then he was also taking a beating and Kenny, I mean the beating Kenny Pickett took in this game, the effort he put in, I am so proud to call Kenny Pickett the pit quarterback. I don't know about you, but damn it. He earned that big man on campus title for me last week. And he's getting some write-ups too now in terms of a sneaky potential NFL talent after that showing, because really he, he was everything on offense last week. He, he played excellent, you know, in, and, you know, yeah, he was, you know, he didn't have the best of protection. He didn't really have a, a tremendous running game support, uh, but he, you know, he was tough and he, he, you know, he hung in there a lot and he delivered the ball when he had to, even on that last two point conversion to Taysier Mack, that was, that was an excellent pass. He drilled it right in there and Mack just dropped the ball. And, and you know, with mm. all the stuff that happened in this game, you got to think even if Mack catches that, and, you know, at worst, you're going to overtime. You know, you got to think, you know, Pitt's got an excellent chance to to come out on top in that situation. I saw uh, a, I, I saw a Twitter stat or maybe it was Reddit. I don't know. I didn't look. I didn't want to look too far into it. All I know is that someone is claiming Pitt of all the drop balls Pitt's had. They have left left 18 percent of what would be their expected uh, yards gained. <sighs> through the air and that's all catchable balls that they're claiming that they've uh, tallied is an advanced stat Pam so 18% over the course of these games Pitt's dropping them left and right and you got to believe that if that ball's caught by Mac if some of these penalties on defense didn't happen it was a one point game damn it this, this yeah, one easily would have been a Pitt played. victory it was one point game that's oh should we uh try and turn the page and look at this week yeah we got i got that i got that all out of my system i don't know about you yeah i'm 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 over nc state the good thing is with Pitt, the expectation was this you know we expected one of these at least this year how do they bounce back how do they move forward how many balls are dropped the rest of the season what happens against boston college vince because this one has a lot of uh personal issues going into it kind of yeah, it, it does. Uh, it, uh, Boston College head coach Jeff Halfley, uh, you know, he was uh, uh, a coach for Pitt in the secondary, excellent recruiter, uh, offensive coordinator Frank Signetti uh, that they that they have up at Boston College. He was the offensive coordinator here at Pitt uh, for their most successful season uh, in in the past thirty years um, uh, in two thousand nine under Dave Wanstead. And then uh, Phil Jerkovic, uh, Pine Richland quarterback, who would not give Pitt the time of day and, and went to Notre Dame you, and, and now is uh, ends up at Boston College here. Did and, you hear his quote today? He said it came down to Pitt and Notre Dame. Is that Liar. what he said? <laughs> That's what he said today. I, 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 well, you know, that and made, you know what? He said Pittsburgh will always be the city of champions, not Boston. That's what he said today. Well, well, so how yeah, about that? Well, you know, he may say that, but it, it's a little too late. Uh, and it, I don't think it really came down to nothing whenever you're recruiting or whenever you're committing, uh, you know, well at, uh, towards the beginning of your junior uh, year in high school. Uh, it couldn't have been that big of a decision. Uh, He's but nonetheless, liar. Jagoff, you saw this guy's recruitment the whole time he was going to Notre Dame, the entire time, never got a chance there. Now he's yeah. at Boston College. This one, 
It, this I really want this one. I don't know about you guys, and I'm yeah, saying that I, I, I am. I do too. I'm on one this week, Vince. I am out for not. I don't know if it's it's different from revenge. I just want to. I want to beat something up, and I think it's a Boston College Eagle. I just want this win so bad. I I, I think Pittsburgh's going to be beating up on a lot of Eagles this weekend and 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 this and you got if they played like they did last weekend well, i'll well, tell you that right well now. we're going to be talking about that here but yeah there, there's a lot i think there's personal issues as you said alan that are going to need to uh be resolved here because you know jerkovic's going to want to prove a point in this game uh no doubt about that and you know his coaches are going to do the same they're going to try to put him in uh the best position they can and for Pitt, yeah yeah you, you know you want to shut this kid down that, that that turned you down but also that this game is is so important this this is to me is a line in the sand game uh because uh you know if you lose this game as you said pam at the top of the show the the schedule is only going to get tougher that they got they got two monster games back to back after after this week uh two 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 giants they're, that they're going to have to uh uh, fight an uphill battle against in order to win, and you know you gotta you gotta get as many wins as you can, and more importantly, also you gotta be feeling good about yourself going going into th- this game uh, in these next couple games. You gotta get a win here. You gotta get back on track because uh, it, it is gonna be tough. And if you're gonna have any chance of, of making the championship game, you gotta have this one right here. This matchup. Uh, defensively for Pitt, I think it's it stacks up nicely now, and I, I like that they're they're probably coming off of what, uh, what is going to be labeled as an embarrassment by the defensive line. And Dracovic's been getting sacked a whole lot this season, a lot, and that is good news for the Pitt defensive line to bounce back. The thing about this but- tight this tight end though is that could be matchup issues there with Hunter Long. Yeah, but even though he's been sacked a lot, he's also been under pressure a lot, and he's still able to make plays when he's been under pressure. So Pitt needs to get him down. They need to attack and yeah. sack him. He's a big kid for sure. Uh, you know, he, he's not going to be easy to bring down. He, he's a good runner. Uh, and so yeah, when you get your hands on him, you got you got to bring him to the turf and not get penalized for it. And uh, Alan, what, what you said there about tight end Hunter Long for for Boston College. You know, we saw we saw some kids uh, for NC State running wide open in the center of the field, and we we got to make an adjustment on that matchup immediately uh, because that's that's who they look look to. He's their leading receiver in, in catches and yards. are going to be looking to him early and often, and we're going to have to be all over this kid in, in order to stop this Boston College offense. Yeah, and any receiver over six foot three or tight end the rest of the season, I'm going to be worrying about and circling uh, in these previews because big big targets, at least last week, if you had any kind of size, if you're able to box out at all or push off, uh, you might be able to give Pitt some issues. So this guy's probably chomping at the bit uh, to go up against the Pitt secondary. But I think Pitt, defensively can match up. They can make Dracovic's life a living hell uh, from what I've seen out of Boston College. Uh, saw in their loss against uh, UNC, who have some high-caliber uh, players on defense that could get after the quarterback, even though it's you know they don't have a great defense. They, they have guys that have gotten after the quarterback as well. I think compared to Pitt and their ability to do that, that's going to bode well. But then you look at the, the reverse of this thing, offensive line, uh, going up against Boston College this week. Huge, huge task on their plate to really uh, figure things out, Pam. They don't have a, they cannot go out there like last week and play ho-hum and have Kenny Pickett running for his life trying to make plays because he won't survive the season. Yeah, absolutely. And two of the best players on Boston College defense, they're anchored on a linebacker there with Isaiah McDuffie and Max Richardson. Richardson had 13 tackles against UNC, McDuffie 12 tackles um, and one sack there. And Boston College defense has been described by some as a Ben don't break defense, and that is not good for Pitt and their red zone struggles. That's uh, hopefully Pitt can kind of break out of that, but that's kind of Boston 
college's defense's MO, especially against North Carolina. Ben, don't break. That was a competitive game down the stretch there. Yeah, I mean, why not? If I'm BC, maybe just let Pitt get down to the one-yard line, and then you got your best <laughs> shot at stopping him, Vince. That's how you do it. That should be the game plan, uh, right? Well, uh, maybe. Um, but, you know, it, it, when Pitt does get down to the red zone, you know, they got to you – know, if they are going to throw – you know. It, it seems like that there's good play design. There's guys getting open. They've just got to catch the ball and make the play. It's uh, simple, simple as that. You know, it doesn't matter who it is, Tasty or Mac, uh, uh, who, who they've used a lot in the red zone. Jordan Addison, who they've used in the red zone, uh, got hurt last game, very early in the game. Hopefully he comes back healthy. Uh, and, and, you know, guys like DJ Turner, Shockey Jacques-Louis, you know, those guys are going to have to make a step up because – Pitt right now basically has no tight ends that they could count on. Um, and, and with Rand Kerrigan or, or, or Moraga, you know, those guys you know, seem, you know, no, uh, non-existent, I guess, uh, in, in the passing game at all. So, you know, if they are going to uh, pass, it's going to be those wide receivers and they're going to need to make plays. Uh, but I'm still going to stick and say, I, I think this offensive line is good enough uh, to, you know, to, push people out of the way and and make just a little bit of room. So we're not asking for a 10-yard gain. We're ask, asking for a two-yard gain. And I think they could do that if they're set up for success. I really do. Pitt and Boston College on Saturday. We also can't gloss over the fact it's the first road game. The the roaring crowd there at Chestnut Hill, Pam, should – wait, no, that won't be a factor. 4 p.m. kickoff to uh, – that we don't have to break down that this is a road game at all, do we? Is that one of the benefits of of virus um, football? It might be good for them to get out, you know, take a break from being on campus constantly. I don't know. Stay in their hotel safely. Um, maybe it's a good thing. First game played on field turf all year. That could be a factor. Could do you think Pitt will be faster because of that, Vince? Uh well, that's an interesting I, I didn't consider that, but you know, you know, uh, contrary to Narduzzi's talk, I think this team does have a good good amount of speed. Uh, so maybe that will help. His help, talk. Help what is he? Has he gone out and said, "Ah, we're one of the slower slowest teams I've ever coached." Yeah. We're slow against <laughs> against Louisville. He was he was saying that. Uh, well, <laughs> compared to Louisville, a lot of teams are slow. That's a fast team, but somehow Pitt was able to handle them. But then they ran up against the mighty Wolfpack. They turn their back on them. They wind up in a three-and-one body bag going up against a one-loss Boston College team. Turning point this week for whoever loses this, this game. You have a lot to play for if you make it out alive on October the 10th. And damn it, I want this one so bad. Beat Jerko. Beat him. Take him down. Weaver, man, Weaver especially was sucking wind at the end of that game. I felt horrible for him. But I think Pitt's defense can bounce back against this one we'll predict it coming up in a little bit anything left for this preview pam no i think we said it. i just want them <laughs> to play play good for uh the whole 60 minutes let's do a complete effort here i'll, t- I'll take 55 as long as there's not a bunch of penalties i'm not asking for that much and the w of course this is all good we're we're we're, we're, we're we've talked it out we're prepared we're ready to move on from NC State. Boston College coming up. We know what to expect. I feel like every time it feels like after a loss like that too for by Pitt, they're not they're going to come out. They might play bad, but not as bad. I think we can all agree on that. Although my foot will be in my mouth next week if they do. We'll see. See what they're talking about online though. I'm sure after a loss like that, it can't be that bad, right, Pam? <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> all right. Well. I guess we have to rip the Band-Aid off. It's time to hit up the Pitternet. Can you explain what Internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. After a loss like that, you want to go find out what the, the brightest Pit fan minds are saying. That's why all these are coming from Panther Lair today, Vince. First one is from Gino who said, Narduzzi is not a winner. I'm not naive enough to think he will get fired, but it isn't getting better. It is what it is. Terribly coached team. Have to fair catch that last kick, too. 
He's really upset about that last that kickoff there at the end where they would have that, had four that, seconds. That that was yeah. That, it probably should have been fair caught, but I, I don't that know. That was if, the one uh, that really pissed him off, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, if you look at uh, coaching records in the ACC and teams' records in the ACC versus conference play uh, since Narduzzi's been here, Pitt's towards the top. Uh, have, they, have they won an ACC championship? No. Only Clemson's been able to do that as of late. Um, it, have they you know, ran up against a lot of you know, very difficult uh, non-conference opponents and, and made their records worse, look worse? You know, absolutely. Uh, but I, I'm not giving up on this team yet. There are high expectations for this year, no doubt about it, but, but it's not over yet, so we'll, we'll, we'll see where it lands before we really give an, a, a thorough evaluation. Yeah, a lot of talk about Narduzzi's performance, and that's a good point you bring up, Vince, and I always like to take moments like that where I might get mad at the coach too, and then you think, well, what are they saying in other towns whenever they're going through stuff? You know, What do you think they say about Dave Doran after his terrible losses? He's doing far worse than Pat Narduzzi. You got to really take a step back and assess the situation. Let's see if far more Night Stalker is doing it. And that is a very deceptive handle on Panther Lair. Far more Night Stalker. He's not stalking people at far more, which I don't even know if it exists anymore. He was a, or they were a Night Stalker stalking stuff, the shelves at night, like that. Let's be honest. We all hate ourselves on some Freudian level to be following this team. (laughs) Some of us know we're going to be mediocre and watch anyway. And some of us are able to pull the wool over our own eyes every single year and pretend this is a 10-plus win team. Pitt football is a scratch-off ticket that has already awarded all the significant prizes. You might hit for an occasional five bucks, maybe two bucks, maybe a free ticket but you're just going to hit for nothing more often than not. And you are definitely going to lose in the long run. Holy hell. Yeah, that's a depressing one there. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm highly against uh, playing scratch-off tickets. I I think they're a waste. Uh, You do hear about people winning on them every once in a while, but um, they, they are, you know, very deceiving. I'm all for gambling, though. Don't don't get me wrong. I I thought this was a good, and I laughed at this one. I thought this was one of the better Pitternet comments we've had all year. Well, actually, it, it, yeah, it, you you. But are you really getting your hopes up for a scratch off ticket? Well, it, this could be the day. <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't know. I, we don't do scratch off tickets. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, this. Well, I, I, I hate to I hate to make this judgment before this the before the season is over and and, and I I'm just gonna save this comment for next week but maybe I'm gonna say it right now is that you know if they would have lost to Louisville a team that was you know presumably pretty good at the time and then they would have beaten NC State you know what would people be saying? Would it be the same kind of reaction? No, Probably that's not. the frustrating part. I, I it doesn't know. matter the record; it's how they look and how they perform. That's the frustrating part. I just want to tell far more Night Stalker. Hey, they might be scratch offs, but let me tell you this: you can't win if you don't play, and that's the truth, Ruth. Let's see what Jive Cat said on Panther Lair. Stop crying. Pitt is the better team. Look at the numbers. It is science. Pitt had more yards, rushing and passing, by 20%. We even had more production per play. The penalties cost us the game. That is it. We play NC State nine nine more times. We beat them all nine times. It is amazing how quickly people jump off the bandwagon. And he's no He or she is no Jive Soul Bro or Sister. Jive Cat knows what's up the penalties more than the injuries more than bad play calling even i think were what cost pit that loss yeah. they were the better team 
I, I, I will say, if I had to pin it on one thing, Pam, and I know you're going to disagree with me, I'd say oh, the God. penalties are absolutely the number one reason why this team lost. And not even the offsides ones that were self-inflicted. I'm going to, I'm going to say it was the pass interference, the roughing the passer, and then certainly the, uh, the no-call push-offs. I'm going to say that the number one reason why this team lost. Uh, we can't get into this. We got into this off pod after the game, and things got got heated. I, I mean, you should be able to overcome the officials against a poor team like I'm that. Not- but can I? The one interesting thing. Let's focus on this comment. Let's not re-litigate uh, a previous argument. Were a lot of people on the pit bandwagon? That's yes, what- there were. I, I absolutely. I heard. Do you know Kurt? Herb Street was, I guess. I heard, one I, heard. I heard I heard more people at work that don't really watch college football talk about this team over the past couple weeks uh you know than than you know other, other any other time you know other than whenever they're playing you know a, a big game you know uh you know there was a tremendous amount of hype for this team uh that was just playing you know NC State and a, a team that beat a fringe top 25 Louisville team. Um, and, and and one more comment back to what you said. NC State may end up being pretty good. They're 2-1 and one right now. They, they have a huge victory over Wake Forest uh, and, and they beat Pitt on the road. Let's let's see yeah. where they let, let's see where they end up. I, I I will say I'm that glad I, you laughed I, because I, I, I chuckled but it lot, might be true. So. Yeah, it might be well, true though. You know, Who knows? I, I will say a lot of season you know, left. You know, Pitt's offensive line did not play great, uh, but that big, that big guy that was in the middle for NC State, uh, he was wreaking all kinds of havoc. Uh, so, you, you know, you got to tip your cap to him. And you know, whether it was the cadence, when it, whether it was Pitt running out of gas, the bottom line is NC State stopped this this front four for Pitt that it had you know 17 sacks in three games. Uh, so, yeah. They were able to st- somehow they were able to stop them. So I think they have to have some some amount of talent on this team. And that quarterback, you know, he he did play. He he put the ball up, and his receivers made the catch, or, or it was a flag. So you know he, uh, you know he did his part. If we go back to Panther Lair after a big win this this weekend, I guarantee you nine. We go nine times, Pam. We're going to see nine more people jumping back on the bandwagon because they're going to forget that loss. Jive Cat knows what's up, and that's what they're saying on the Pitternet. And I'm hoping it's it's a lot more of that. What the Jive Cat said at next week, we'll see. What about around town? You know, it's getting a little chillier out, and uh, people are walking around. Maybe they're bundling up a little bit more, Vince and. They're not there. There's less stopping and chatting, but a lot of, uh, I don't know. People are like raking leaves in front of their yards. That's where I'm talking to people. And nobody wanted to talk about pit to me this week, at least in the neighborhood. Yeah. But, but, uh, you know, certainly if they were playing a Georgia tech this week or, or Syracuse, there'd probably be no interest, but they're, they're playing this, this, this team that's got a lot of Pittsburgh ties and, and that's got some people interested. Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the Panthers are saying. You see Pitts playing that Jerkovic kid this weekend. No, they ain't playing Notre Dame for another couple weeks, I thought. He don't even start for them, too, I heard. They don't want to play him. No, you jag off. He transferred to Boston College. Get out of town. I'm definitely watching this game now. He's the best quarterback to come out of a whippy since Marino. Hail to Pitt. What the Inters are saying. So that's what the Inters are saying. Everybody hyped up to finally get a shot at, at Phil Drakovic, regardless of what uniform uh, he's wearing. Um, it, it, it's it. This is starting to get in the, in the, into the thick of it in the college football season, Alan. Mm. And there's a bunch of, uh, you know, we had a couple big games last week, and there's even more this week. Ooh, college football. Your COVID uh, plans are not as strict as the NFL. It seems like you really don't care if people get it. But, hey, you're playing games anyway, and I'm watching. There's even a game on a Thursday night this week, Tulane in Houston. I'll be dipping my toe in that, but nothing more important to a Pitt fan outside of Pitt Boston College than Miami and Clemson 
ACC supremacy on the line and Clemson a measly 14-point favorite. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what to do with this game. Um, yeah, yeah, Clemson hasn't really turned on the gas against uh, anybody yet. and Miami's looked impressive, but until they do it and, and really, you know, show that they could beat a, a top team like Clemson, you know, maybe that 14 points is justified. I think my, this is going to, in my opinion, I think this game's going to be close for Clemson for a conference game. I, now that could be 21 points and that's still close for Clemson for some conference games, but I think Miami's going to be competitive. I think it's, we see Miami let up in big games down the stretch. I love, I'm a big fan of Manny Diaz. Um, I think Clemson is really good, but I do think that D.R. King gives Miami a, a dynamic quarterback option. He's a great quarterback, and I think Miami keeps this one entertaining. Let me say that without without giving too close of a prediction. I, I think I think I'm picking them to win. Clemson is distracted with all this Dabo to the Houston Texans talk and everybody is going to be I didn't hear oh, that. I heard that. <laughs> oh, everyone's talking about it at least on on the places on the dark web I'm going. And I, I they did mention it I think on ESPN a little bit when I was flipping through channels. Uh, I mean, I'm just joking there, but who the hell knows? You never know it, but no players thinking about that. They're going out thinking we want to make sure that these guys don't bring out that silly turnover chain. And I think Clemson's, yeah, they're going to win by at least 17 points. I would take the cover here. Well, one thing I will say is that, you know, and how this relates to Pitt, ironically, is, you know, so, so Pitt's got Miami next week. You know, obviously we got to, you know, we got a battle with Boston College this week. But Miami, they had a week off last week. So they had they had you know multiple weeks to prepare. You know, this is, you know, if, if they could, you know, get o- over this uh Clemson hurdle there in the driver's seat for the ACC title game, you gotta think that they are gonna be pulling out all the stops to to win this game. They're gonna have a bunch of stuff you'd think that Clemson has never seen before. And they are really going to go all out. And I would think, you know, with the way Miami's been in the past, whenever they have that big letdown game, you know, they they don't always recover. And I am I am hoping you know, for <laughs> Pitt's sake that Clemson just goes out and, and, and you know has a steamroller. Are you gonna be you gonna be rubbing your hands together when Clemson just beats the hell out of Miami this weekend? Oh, right oh, yeah. for the picket, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I. I think we got to hope for that. Speaking of, uh, before we get to the other games we have on here, I want to bring one up. Another one, if you if you're into mud hole stompings, uh, how many <laughs> touchdowns do you think uh, Bo Nix puts up on Arkansas this week, Pam? I've got at least six. I was so disappointed in him, though. I mean, Arkansas is bad, but I was disappointed in his performance. Maybe Georgia's just that good, but I I think it's a rebound game. Arkansas's really bad. They're, They're one really- and one in the SEC. They just got shut down the highest passing performance team of all time in the southeastern conference but that's Arkansas. mike mike leach's thing though like that's the mike leach people said that's mike leach experience in two weeks two weeks 600 yards one and then get shut down to a bad team bo nix is gonna have a good game I'm getting back <laughs> on the bo nix i'll tell you something but you know auburn obviously yeah, they got they just seemed a little outmatched against georgia but something i was impressed by did you see George uh, Auburn was using some big 300-pound tight end as a Wildcat quarterback? Watch out! For, watch out! Watch out for that this week. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to watch too much uh, of that this week. That game's going to be out of control. But it, it, yeah. it's it's on during the pit game. Maybe it'll get one of the small screens. Uh, let's get back to the action with games that uh, matter to us. Virginia Tech at North Carolina, Pam. Big time ACC matchup. I mean, there's going to be a lot of Bojangles dollars thrown into advertisements during this game, <laughs> and everybody's going to be talking at the food lion after these two go- throw down. 
Yeah, I love the food line. I was a big fan of food line. Some people are fans of Harris Teeter. I liked liked my little food line down in North Carolina when I resided down there for a few years. But uh, Virginia Tech's getting five and a half points. I thought it would be higher. Um, you talked about how Virginia Tech's getting their quarterback back. Uh, I we, think we, we presume he, he's going to. Pre- that's not official. Hendon Hooker. Um, Virginia Tech had lots of guys out with COVID and at times, and they just keep power or suspected or contact tracing. You know, don't want to assume things. But they, they've looked impressive when they have played. North Carolina, maybe they were looking ahead a little bit last week against Boston College. Um, I think this is going to be a good game. I really do. I um, I think North Carolina is going to win, but I'm impressed with Virginia Tech so far. Very well-coached, very well-disciplined team. North Carolina's played with fire a little bit this year, Vince. Do, could they possibly finally get burnt against a team like Virginia uh, Tech? I think I think they could. You know, Sam Howe just hasn't, you know, they haven't been, hasn't been as explosive as you, as you would expect. Um, and, you know, they've been running the ball a lot more. Uh, you know, I, I'm not quite sure what's going on there. You know, you think that eventually that offense is going to really wake up and maybe this is going to be the week. But, uh, you know, I, I do like the Hokies here, uh, maybe to win this game outright. And, uh, you know, they got that that running back transfer at Virginia Tech. That, that, that guy's running all over people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if he continues to, to do the kind of stuff that he's doing and with Hooker back and maybe adds a little bit more stability to that passing game uh, and certainly Virginia Tech's defense, you know, they got enough athletes maybe to slow down North Carolina, maybe not stop them, but at least slow them down. Uh, I think Virginia Tech is a, is a good live dog here. Yeah, I'm going I'm going Virginia Tech in this one. From what I've seen from North Carolina with expectations going into the season, they're a top 10 team, but they haven't looked like it. And uh, I, I I could see, definitely see them and feel them losing this weekend. Let's go back to the SEC, though. Tennessee is ranked and in a big game <laughs> against Georgia. I don't think they have a shot in hell, but the fact that we're talking about Tennessee in a big game just a few years out from what was the most embarrassing coaching search of all time. This is impressive. What's going on there? At least at least up to this point. Just even if it's a facade or a mirage, Pam. It's a damn good one and convincing. Number 14 in yeah, the nation. Yeah. Yeah, I um I've been impressed with Tennessee and they consistently what for like three, four years, we hear Tennessee has another top recruiting class. Tennessee has a top recruiting class, but maybe all those recruiting classes are starting to pay off. But I think Georgia, I was really impressed with how Georgia looked against Auburn, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The offensive side didn't seem to be too much of a problem. I think Georgia takes care of business here, but um, it's, it's good to see Tennessee in the mix there um, in a, more traditional year with more traditional scheduling. It's always good to see the um, that division be a little more competitive with some more teams competing with Georgia and Florida at the top there. So maybe Tennessee's there to stay. I'd love two, to see it. Two running backs averaging over five yards of carry and Chandler and Gray at Tennessee, Vince. They are taking a kind of Georgia approach this season with that. They, that's what, what intrigues me most about the matchup. Yeah, and I think they're going to have to because that that uh, Guarantano quarterback at Tennessee, I I just don't see enough consistency from him to see uh, them throwing the ball with with a ton of success against Georgia. And and yeah, they they do have a good rushing attack, but Georgia's run defense, uh, uh, the way they looked against Auburn, uh, just looked ferocious. Um, I I don't. I just don't see how Tennessee is going to be able to score uh, enough points uh, to beat the Bulldogs. I think they're going to have to hope for this hurricane that's coming through. Uh, maybe it's a, a, a sloppy track or something, uh, and and you know maybe they get some some fluky plays or something to keep this game close. Other because otherwise, I, I don't see you know how they're going to be able to score enough points to, uh, against the Bulldogs and move the ball efficiently enough uh, to beat them especially Georgia at home, where it looked like they had 50,000 people with that game. Last yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's but, they, but they wouldn't let the mascot run around. That They, they, yeah. they protected the Bulldog at least. Yeah, I think this is a two-touchdown win for Georgia, but weather's affecting a lot of games in the yeah. SEC this yeah. weekend. We'll see how that all pans out. And- uh, I, I'm, I'm 
it, I'm very, very cautious about jumping on this Tennessee bandwagon for sure. I agree. I think, it, you know, in another year or so we'll see, or even later in the season. But a shout out to another conference that released its schedule, the MAC. MAC-tion's back. We're going to get a lot of weird weeknight games early on in the MAC schedule. So look for like Tuesday night, Wednesday Good. night, MAC-tion. We'll be back. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be talking about some of those uh, game, uh, conferences that, that have, you know, entered the fray. Uh, within the next couple weeks, uh, one in particular, the Pac-12, that I'm, I'm interested to talk about in a few weeks, uh, they released their schedule, Alan, and uh, USC versus Arizona State <laughs> yes. is going to be the first game kicking off at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Really? Uh, a, I bi- a big noon kickoff yeah. on the East Coast. Very interested to see how that's received uh, out in the Valley. I mean, I would have, if when I was living out in L.A., I would have killed for an SC game at 9 a.m. I would have actually been able to get into the building because I was out there, you know, when Reggie Bush and Matt Liner were there. It was like going to a Laker game. You're not getting in there unless you're paying an arm and a leg. But now, 9 a.m., oh, man, I cannot wait for that. And we got all these yeah new challengers entering the arena. Maction, Pac-12, Big Ten. I, I'm excited. We're going to get a lot more football, at least, to, to get our minds off, you know, the, the end of the world out here in 2020. It's going to be nice. Do you think a lot of people are just going to be partying all night on the Sunset Strip and then just going straight to the game? No, no, because they're even going home. No, no, very strict at the Roxy and and, okay, and the whiskey a go go. They're ever very strict. They're ever they're observing you know everything you need to observe, especially when you talk about terrible air quality and the pandemic. Yeah, that's not happening. This is going to be an interesting Pac-12 season. Maction coming back. I'm hoping this postponed Coastal Carolina Louisiana game will be rescheduled to maybe go head-to-head with a Mac game, Pam, on a Tuesday night. That's what I'm hoping for as well. Yeah, I think they did announce a tentative date. I don't have it in front of me, but it is going to get rescheduled. I hope uh, tonight we were supposed to get, and we ended up getting postponed. I think we were supposed to get uh, the Raging Cajuns against App State tonight, uh, and that game has been postponed. That would have been a, a tremendous game. Uh, so hopefully we get that. Yeah, Boone is getting point. Boone's getting a had a little outbreak I read about too. So it's it's everywhere. It's even hitting all the way up there in the mountains. So yeah. <laughs> one one more game I do want to discuss that we don't have on here just very quickly. Is, the is, end of Florida oh. State is that what you're going to bring up? Because I don't. <laughs> no, I, I predict well, don't they will. Say for- Bobby Bowden has COVID. I know that's horrible. And also, I th- I feel like it's they're going to forfeit the season when they get destroyed by Notre Dame on national TV too. I don't I think yeah. they might well just tap out on the year. I, I wasn't going to talk about that one, but but uh, I was going to talk about Ole Miss against Alabama, uh, Nick Saban versus Lane Kiffin. Uh, that's going to be all kinds of craziness. I hope the weather doesn't affect that one too much, uh, and we just get to see a you know a, a good old fashioned SEC shootout. And, and I wonder if they're going to throw bottles of rat poison on this on the field too. <laughs> this is got a lot of talk about personal issues. Ole Miss, Alabama, for sure. That's going to be starting probably halftime or near the end of the pit game. So that'll be on yeah, one of the screens. Six p.m. start uh, on the East Coast. Well, let's wind it down here. We've got we've got Pitt and Boston College six point favorite. The Panthers on the road. Pam, what are you seeing? I'm going to do, uh, I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be low scoring. I'm going 24-21 um, pit. 23-point win. And that's that, they will have earned that because that's that just that score feels like a physical game if, it, yep. if that's what it ends up being. What about you, Vince? Uh, I'm going to go with the Panthers to win this game. Uh, 27 to 20. As I said, this is a line in the sand game uh, for this team. Uh, They have not, in previous years after bad losses, they have not quit under Narduzzi. They continue to play hard. uh, But, you know, with all the, you know, the expectations they have for this season, this is a must win game if they're going to accomplish where they want to go. If this game's a scratch off, I'm going to, I'm going to purchase it. From the convenience store, I'm, I don't have huge hopes. I'm hoping I just, you know, get five bucks or maybe a free ticket. That's why my score I'm going to shoot for nineteen to fifteen. Panthers win. 
that's low scoring, Pam, but not physical. I think it's going to be extra sloppy. So I'm going to have sloppy Joes to eat while I watch this game. Yeah. Woof. It's a win, though. That's a W. It is a win. Yeah. It is a win. And that's what we got for all, all the college football picks you need this weekend. How do you like me now? Hopefully it ends up with a pit victory. And uh, hopefully we'll be in a better mood next week. Uh, I might, I might, I might do a complete 180 if we pull this one off. I want it so bad. Yeah, me too. I I can't wait. Um, hell to pit. Yeah, you got anything? Yeah, yeah. Before we get out of here, big shout out to Pitt's men's and women's soccer programs doing excellent right now. Pit number two in the country. Uh, on the men's side, just had a huge victory over Syracuse in overtime the other day. And the women's program uh, uh, up in the top 15 as well. And their coach uh, is going to be not just coaching the Panthers, but he's also going to be coaching the Nigerian women's soccer team on the international level. That's how highly uh, his work has been thought of. Uh, so congratulations uh, to both the men's and women's uh, soccer teams for their performance on the pitch this season. I hope it continues I hope they keep doing well and we get to talk about them a little bit more. Hell yeah. If you're a Panther anywhere in the world, doing good, proving how awesome it is to be a representative of the University of Pittsburgh, we applaud you. We thank you for listening to this show. Tell your friends about us at H2P Show on social media. Big shout out to some of our biggest fans, whether you're Lembo or Puglisi or, or Craig. We love you. And thank you for giving us all that great feedback. We love it. It gets us through each week, even crummy weeks like this. But I know next week we'll be better because Pitt is taking down Jakovic and Boston College. With that said, Vince, did you give your hell to Pitt? Hell to Pitt. That's what I'm talking about. Hell to Pitt, everybody. See you next week.